Yeah, I have uh, been running at Mach 4 with my hair on fire for like four weeks now. And yeah, that is a Top Gun reference because I did see it and it is freaking amazing. I love it. I've heard nothing but good things. I freaking love it, dude. You got to see. Are you a Top Gun fan? I thought it was all right. I mean, I'm not. Okay. I know. I'm it's not fair. On your, no, that, that's okay. I'm not I, on your level on that one. I get it. But this one is worth seeing in theaters and probably even IMAX if you can, because they actually, it's all real jets mm-hmm. and they actually built the cameras into the jets. So like it is the most, and, and this movie is actually much less shenanigans and much more flying. Okay. So like if. It is an immersive experience, man. I mean, it is like being in jet. It's so freaking cool. But uh, anyway, so yeah, so we, what did, what did I do? Like we've started a tile project. So we're retiling the bottom floor of our house. Yeah. My Uh, mom was showing me some of the Facebook posts. Yep. 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 And then we went to New York for eight days, something like that. Right. And then we went and got my oldest daughter a puppy because. Hey, when something's on fire, you throw gasoline on it. I mean, that's absolutely that's exactly absolutely. the thing to do. So, um, yeah, no, no, that sounds totally <laughs> reasonable and rational. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's not, not at all. But what are you gonna do? I, I, I have questions, but they're not ones that need to be asked at the <laughs> moment. Say, I, there's no reason for me to pile on at this point. Yep, you're, yep, yep it everything is. about how you're saying this clearly. Suggest that you know the questions I want to ask <laughs> yes. and that I probably know the answers I'm going to get. Uh-huh. Yep. So all we can do is hit an intro. Welcome to the podcast, Blue Collar Scholars. Not long ago, a group of brilliant minds met together at a pub to discuss their unfinished works. They recognized the value of coming together around delicious beverages and having meaningful conversations. That group was known as the Inklings. The Inkle Do podcast here, we're working to be the second iteration of that group. So, pour yourself a craft beverage, pull up a chair, and join the conversation. That was my favorite transition <laughs> to the intro that you've done. I've been working on I As soon as I, I was like, that opportunity just came up. I'm going to wait oh for it. <laughs> that, that was like put on the tee and then just smacked. Oh, oh. that's fantastic. Well, dude, I mean, like, so we had talked about it that we pre-recorded so that we were making sure we were putting out episodes. Mm-hmm. And so we weren't really enjoying anything new or exciting since we were recording like back-to-back days. Have uh, you had anything interesting over the last, I don't know, has it been like almost two weeks? Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been uh, two or three weeks. Yeah, j- two weeks since we talked, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I had... Uh, a couple of things, one that was interesting and one that was just kind of a good reminder. Uh, so I had a Chianti um, mm. just last week, actually, that was pretty good. Um, and it, it blew my mind because I was getting together with a buddy. He had gotten tickets to the soccer match between Mexico and Uruguay, just a friendly or whatever. And I was like, OK, cool. I'll go check that out. But we were going to do pizza beforehand. And he was like, OK, I'll get the pizza. Just bring a bottle of Chianti over for that. I was like, really? <laughs> I mean, ordering in pizza, like I, you know, if if we were sitting at a fancy Italian restaurant and they're going, yeah, okay, yeah, pizza, sure, like, oh, okay, I guess I can kind of see that. It's like, all right, sure, but man, I got to tell you, like, it actually, it really did. It did a nice job of kind of 
it held its own mm-hmm. uh, as a flavor profile, cutting through some of the grease and everything because it was like a one of those like legit deep dish pizzas. Mm. It's deep dish, mm-hmm. but not thick crust, like just yep. gallons of cheese in there. And it's like, oh, you know what? Actually, this Chianti is really doing a nice job cutting through that. And so it was a bit of an eye-opening experience for me on one of the things we've discussed before and that I kind of like intellectually was aware of. But this idea that like wine is not requ- wine does not require like really fancy fare for it to show up mm-hmm. and show out. Yeah. Uh, and so like I intellectually kind of knew that, but it was good to have an experience of it. Yeah. And then the other one, like I said, just sort of a brief reminder uh, about the impact of um, like how beer is being served. Because mm. like I, as far as the kind of staple uh, macro brew type things, one of the ones I really like is Shinerbach. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I was at a uh, like just a Texas Roadhouse, you know, for lunch one day and got that off the tap. And I was like, man, you know what? This is so much better off the tap than it is out of the bottle. And I, I like it out of the bottle, but it is, it was a nice reminder that, you know, I was at a place where they are clearly taking care of the taps, right? There were no off flavors or anything yep. like that in there, but just something about it coming fresh off the tap really does make a significant difference regardless of the quality of the beer. It's better off of a good tap. Yeah. Well, kegs are often fresher too. Yeah. Like they're, I mean, they can hold for a long time, but you usually are getting kegs much fresher than the bottles. They could go to right, warehouses. Right, because they're in places that are getting cycled through as opposed to things that have been, like, made, right. shipped, yeah. sat. And a keg is, like, a is an asset. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's a giant piece of metal. They want it back. Yeah, exactly. You know, so they can refill it. And so it's not like a bottle where they don't care if you get it back or not. So they're more motivated to cycle those things through. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And, yeah, you're right. On wine, we're definitely think of it as more bougie mm-hmm. you know but i don't struggle with that because i'm super cheap and so like we we drink eight dollar wine and you're like this is just grape juice but i'm okay with it <laughs> you know like but it's tasty grape juice but it but works. you're right we do kind of seem to elevate it mm-hmm. you know where it's it's much more universally applicable than we give it credit for i agree with that i agree yeah when i had what did i had a couple of things in New York, which were interesting. So we got one. We struggled. We we didn't. So in the city, I mean, we were at cities just so bonkers, man. Like there was, I wanted to hit Brooklyn Brewing, which mm-hmm. is a big one. Uh, the guys on the TV, the the brewmaster is actually on the TV show that I like to watch, and so I really wanted. But like the reality is, we were walking ten miles a day, and I just couldn't. We couldn't yeah. find anything extra. But we once we got into Syracuse, we found. You know, we just got from like the local stores and I picked up a New York red, a New York red wine and it was good. You know, uh, I've, I've had a couple from like the Northeast area and I've, they've never really done much for me, but this one was nice. It was good enough. You know, like I, again, spent $9 or $12 on it. So it, for what I paid for it, I wasn't mad, you know? Sure. And then uh, I found out that one of my cut, my, my cousins, it's Kristen's cousin whom you know, I'm married into whatever. Uh, they started the family drama conversations and he looks over at me and he goes, you got any beer? <laughs> and I was like, actually I do. <laughs> and so we went to the kitchen. There was three of us there. And we were just sitting there drinking. And um, I can't remember the one that we had there, but in response to it, he donated 
uh, it was called like a neon rainbow. Hmm. I think it was a it was a new you know hazy IPA, New England, sure. you know like East Coast IPA, and and it was good. It was really good, but it was also one of those things where it kind of reminded me that. You know, I thought that if I was on the East Coast, an East Coast IPA would really be different than what West Coast people think an East Coast IPA is. And it's not. Right. You know, like the style is the style. And the variations within those styles, I'm as the more I'm interacting with them, the less variation I'm noticing. You know, like like the or the degree of very I used to think, oh, sure. they're wildly different. Be like, no, no, West Coast IPA has a little back and forth east coast a little back and forth you know they all they'll be different but the style is really got a core that is the same yeah and so i had that was an interesting experience there because it, it was good and it was really good but you know like was it different like i don't know it was a just a west coast ipa or an east coast ipa I think, yeah i would recommend it to people who liked them but uh you know it was yeah. it was the thing so absolutely, man. Yeah, I hear that. And it's probably one of those things where probably the biggest difference you notice, especially if it's from a microbrew, is the the flavor the flavor is gonna be a lot truer there. Mm. Because it's harder for them to like ship things ship, and preserve yeah. it and have it really That's like fair. hold up. But you're right, yeah. The ultimately what is what is there at the beginning is gonna be pretty consistent across. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a that was an interesting, you know revelation it's all part of the journey like you you know you start out and you go you always go full circles where you think everything is crazy different and you're like no it's all kind of the same and then you start respecting macro breweries again for what they do and you're like okay i'm oh that consistency is very nice i get credit for that oh but i want something different but oh it's (laughs) exactly yeah so never satisfied but uh i tell you what man being on the east coast was cool so this was our second trip to new york we took uh, this is our first big trip with the girls. We were really nervous about that piece, but they handled it. They handled it really well. And we got to do some things we didn't do last time. So like we walked the Brooklyn Bridge. So I took my daughter, Brooklyn. She's got pictures on the Brooklyn Bridge, right? Like that's a big deal. That was one of our goals. Sure. And, uh, you know, like we did all of these things. We did the Statue of Liberty. We've done, we did, uh, you know, the 9-11 Memorial uh, saw all the big buildings, the Chrysler, the Empire State Building, and even like in the subways. And one of the things that I really like, you know what? I'm going to go a little farther. Like even we went, when we're driving upstate, we got lost and we ended up going through Scranton. And it had the same thing. In Syracuse, they all have these really old, beautiful buildings. And I don't know if we've talked about this on the show before. I feel like I've talked about it or wrote about it or something. But there's... There's lots of buildings and and New York's no different, you know, like, but out here it feels like there's a big contrast because in Arizona, it feels like everything is built to be as quote unquote efficient as possible, Mm -hmm. meaning fast and cheap. And there is, there is a distinct loss of beauty in my opinion. Um, Whereas, you know, out here in Arizona, we tend to favor like the natural beauty. So like we tend to incorporate the desert more. Sure. But like over in New York, like, there are building and there are buildings that they build just to tear down in a couple of years and rebuild on top of them over and over again. But then there are some that are built with the intention that no, no, I'm going to make something that is beautiful and meant to be here like forever, you know. And right. so like the stock exchange building is 
gorgeous. You know, like it, it's just got, it looks like, like there's things in New York that, that rival Rome. You know what I mean? Like where there's just yeah. like statues and sculptures, like just covering everything. And you walk inside, it's like marbles and statues up against that and gold plated this. And you're like, wow. And all I could think, I'm just enamored with all these things. And all I could think is, where did that go? You know, like, like think about it. Like when was the last time, at least here in America, where, where we really felt like we were building something that was intended to be beautiful? You know, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, and I think um, I think it connects really strongly with what you had said before about things that are built with the intention that they're going to be around. Mm. Because honestly, doing something quickly is way easier in terms of every resource, whether we're talking about time, money, materials, whatever it might be. Building something quick is easier. Uh-huh. And so if the idea is that I can either build something quick or I can build something beautiful, but in my mind, we're going to like cycle through buildings in this area in like 10 years from now, and I'm going to be paying for it again. Forget it. Let's do the cheap, quick build. Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of it is too, because we've, We've largely lost sight of the idea that beauty is actually a thing. And oh, yeah. Or important like, in general, yes. Well, yes. Or, that, or that it has meaning. Right, right. Like, yes. Because the, the idea of beauty is in the eye of the beholder. There's some truth to that. I'm not going to dismiss it. Sure. You know, different, different tastes. Fair enough. That's a thing. But there are like actual core principles of beauty. Where our taste is a matter of how what we think has effectively met those standards. Mm-hmm. But we've gotten so caught up in the idea of everything is in the eye of the beholder. And um, what's beautiful to me might be hideous to you. And these kinds of mindsets mm-hmm. that we have completely leaned into the idea of function over form. Mm-hmm. Rather than the idea of... Like, if it's done well, the form is going to help the function. Right. Like, the idea of it being beautiful. Like you said, I mean, so the obvious example for us, because, well, big fans of of Jesus Christ. And so we like buildings built in his honor that are beautiful and are going to be there forever, pointing towards eternity. Yes. Like, there are all kinds of church examples you can use, even in places where, sadly, the faith has largely died. Mm Mm-hmm. The beauty of what was built there when the faith was alive is unsurpassed by anything we've done since. And there's a reason why even atheists are, like, trying to make sure that Notre Dame Cathedral is built back to spec. Right. Yeah. And you know what? That's such an excellent point because everywhere we went, the the buildings that caught your eye first – I mean, granted, New York City, you have Chrysler and Empire. Those are sure, huge. But, sure. like – when we got lost in Scranton, I was like, oh, that look at that. I'd be like, it was a church, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it wasn't just Catholic churches, you know, like it was Methodist yeah. churches, like all of them. And they were just built to be beautiful. And then also with that, uh, you got me thinking because we actually, when we drove back, we went to Newark and Newark has the, the minor basilica. Okay. Basilica of the Sacred Heart. 
Have you heard? That sounds right. That sounds right. And I, yeah, that there's a few minor basilicas. I, I don't remember which one's in New York. Okay. Yeah. They asked me like, they're like, what's the difference? I was like, I don't know, <laughs> but I know what's important here. Okay. So let's all just take it in and we'll figure out uh-huh. what the meaning is later. But like, again, the basilicas and the churches. And I remember when I went to Rome uh, or, or to, um, come on, Vatican. Okay. You know, like you look at these things and people would ask the tour guide the questions, be like, the Vatican has a quadrillion dollars in priceless artifacts here. Why, if they're so, you know, Christ-like, why aren't they selling that and feeding the poor? And he's like, well, as you said it, it's it's priceless. And like, you will feed somebody one meal, like the whole world one meal, or we can create this thing where people are coming through and you're generating. And you're just like, oh, that's a pretty good answer. But there was a lot of pointing on that on how, you know, magnificent the Vatican was. And then, so like we go to this uh, Basilica and it is, it is amazing. I mean, stained glass and, and like it's in Newark next to the big park. The park is beautiful, but the area is not right. Nice. Right. But right in the middle of everything is this giant Basilica that is just gorgeous. And you, and like you said, like I, I love it. That's one of the things when I drive into churches or in the cities, like I look for those churches because they they are the thing that is beautiful usually in that area. You know, like it was the center. It was meant to be the thing that you looked at and said that is beautiful with intention, right? Not just yeah. so that we can, you know, feel good about how pretty our church is, but no, like you're supposed to have a fond feeling towards the church, and when it is beautiful, it is easy to to look at it and have those feelings and be like, yes, that's what I'm looking to. And it, it elevates us. Yeah. Like that's that's the whole point of beauty is that it like calls us to something higher than where we're at without it. Mm. It gives us something that we desire to strive after. And like, again, the, the churches are the easiest ones. But even when you were talking about like the stock exchange building. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, why is that built as a, like, why is it important to them that this is not just a random slab of offices thrown together? Because we want people to believe that what's happening here is important. Mm. If we're going to get people to, like, treat our exchange as something meaningful that they need to follow and that they want their company to be part of, if if we're going to want them to be part of it, we have to show them. That it's something that we intend to be here forever. Yeah. That it's something worth aiming at. Yeah. And so that's like if you want to be taken serious, if you want them to take you serious, you have to take yourself serious first. Exactly. And, and you do that thing. That's a good point. Exactly. I when like you, that. if you were to, like, so let's say we're fast forwarding a few years and we, we're getting ready to open the first Inkledoo coffee shop. Okay. Awesome. It's going to be open. That in and of itself is a huge victory. Uh-huh. But if we want people to like take us seriously, sure, we could absolutely follow like a Dutch Bros build. Uh-huh. All respect to them. Very successful company. They're doing some things really well, apparently. But like, you are not going to Dutch Bros because you're looking for an incredibly high quality cup of coffee. You're right. going to a Dutch Bros, which is designed to look like a drive-through restaurant because that's what it is. Is it's mm-hmm. a drive-through restaurant for coffee, and so you're going to get something that, like all fast food, is going to satisfy that basic urge to put something in your mouth, 
load it up with a bunch of sugar, and it'll give me the energy I need briefly, and ultimately, if I live off of it, it's going to kill me. Yep. Like, that. that's what it is. Or you build a place, like some of the cool coffee shops we've been to, mm-hmm. to interview people and talk to people. Um, you know, uh, I was thinking about Sweets Brew out in the East Valley, one of our oh, hers early is, highlights. Yeah. Like, when I walked in there, my first thing was, oh, I would never feel the need to leave this place. Yeah. Like, she's like filled that up. with character. Yeah. Exactly. But also like comfort and like the way you announce yourself to people mm-hmm. is going to be through something beautiful if you want them to stick around. Mm, I like that. You know, and it, it's it's funny too because we had kind of a, a a an opposite experience too. So when we went upstate, we drove out to Niagara Falls. I'd never been to Niagara Falls. I could have spent all friggin' day at Niagara Falls. Uh, I was not dressed properly for it, so it was <laughs> there was some chafing. But <clears throat> but uh, <laughs> oh, 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 no more. <laughs> but uh, but it is. It is breathtaking. Like it is amazing. Just like the power of water and what it does and the scope and the, it's just, it's beautiful. And you go through these present, actually, you have to go through a presentation to go to some of these places and they explain to you that, yeah, people tried to crap on it. And then they, people came back through and said, no, 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 we're going to remove all the factories off the river. Like this is something that is beautiful and we want it to stay beautiful. And, and so I thought that was really interesting that that there there have been instances in which people have identified beauty and fought to maintain it and keep it. Um, and then, you know, like when you're on the boat, the maid of the mist, you're going out there. It's it's intense, right? There's so much to take in. And like I I I have intentionally been putting my phone away. Right now, I'm lucky it's broken, so I'm going cold turkey. But, like, I haven't been intentionally just, like, leaving it in my pocket. Like, trying to take, you know, the couple of pictures I want, put it in my pocket, and then be there with with everybody that I'm with. And it was insane because me and my girls were sitting there on the rail. We're like, oh, wow, look at this. this is so awesome. And we're taking it in. And then just, like, this flood of people just, like, start just basically are just laying on top of you. And they, like, kind of smush in and they get in there just so that they can get the selfies. And I was just thinking about it and I was like, man, I've been, I've been listening to, cause I'll go down some YouTube rabbit holes and li- like people like Kevin Hart and uh, who was the, the Fonz, the guy, Henry, Henry Winkler. Winkler, you know, and a lot of these guys, they, they're, they're actually against taking selfies with people. They'll tell them, no, I don't want to take a selfie because it's not meaningful and it stops time. Like people just want this superficial snapshot to make, to tell other people that they're more important than they really are. And I was like, oh, that's kind of an interesting take on it. And then when we were sitting there, like taking in this magnificent scene, which there's, you couldn't, all of your senses firing, you could not take everything in because like the power of the water at one point is just so insane that, you know, you're missing it. Like if you're trying to take pictures and do the kissy smoochy picture and the heart, you know, like all the crap, like you're missing it. So you're just trying to to get that one snapshot of something to make yourself feel important for an instant rather than really take in this magnificent thing that could impact you and and make you different for a long time. Yeah, and I think that's uh, you know, it it's kind of one of those things 
sometimes we need to just listen to what the word says. Like, if your life is all about a selfie, what are you all about? Yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I don't want to oversimplify it too much. And I, you know, look, I I don't want to go into a full-on rant against selfies because I feel like that's been overdone to the point where, like, there is value in a selfie. Like, in terms of snapping a quick picture and, like, having this memory preserved. If it's something that you do, like, to actually capture a moment. And I think that's really where things have gone wrong. Uh-huh. Is that there's a difference between capturing a moment and manufacturing a moment. Mm, truth. Like truth. if they were – and this is where I think the instant access to seeing what the picture looks like as soon as we take the picture, I think that's where it's killed us. Is because right. now you look at it and you're like, oh, shoot, that's not what I wanted. So let me try again. Right. As opposed to if you were using like an actual camera, like if we were still stuck on film and this is not me – Going old man, get off my yep, lawn. I, I got you. Need to develop film again. <laughs> but like, if if we just had to wait, then you would take the picture, maybe take two or three real quick to because you know there's a good chance a couple of them are going to be messed up. But you're going to take those pictures, and then you know what you're going to do? You're going to go back to living a life worth capturing again. Mm-hmm. Because you were trying, you were trying to capture the moment. You took as many pictures of it as you could, and that moment is gone now. Yep. And so now I'm looking for what the next moment is instead of trying to artificially force myself back in time or forward in time to this different moment that I can capture and display to the world how perfect my life is. Yeah. And and you know some of the memories that you do are are not the real memories, it's the memory of the picture. You know, it's almost like a false memory. You don't actually remember being at Niagara Falls. You remember the picture that you took, and then you've applied that to your memory, and you think that that's what it was. I mean, you're like, no, that's just the, the picture that you took. That It wasn't your actual experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, it's that idea of it, it's born out of a natural desire for permanence. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've lost so much of that. You know, like, Mm -hmm. again, even going back to that original beauty conversation. Hey, you know why it's important to take care of places like Niagara Falls and to capture some pictures of it? It's because even if we do everything right, it's going to go away eventually. Mm -hmm. Because that water and all of the power that it's displaying and all of the effect that it has on rocks, it's going to keep having that. Mm -hmm. And so the fall is going to keep moving further and further back. And that's assuming we do everything right. And I got some bad news for you about how humans do things. We do very <laughs> few of them right. That's true. And so, like, it's going to go away. And yes, it'll be awesome for your girls decades from now to be able to look at that picture of you guys on the boat. How awesome that will be. Or Brooklyn on the Brooklyn Bridge. Mm-hmm. That's going to be awesome. But... The reason it's going to be awesome is because they're going to look at that picture and it's going to jog for them not only that moment, but the moments leading up to it and the moments mm-hmm. after it. Because exactly. it wasn't actually about that moment. It was about this moment encapsulating all the moments around it. Right. The selfie culture, though, where you're trying to like get everything perfect means that you have to stop the moments before, prevent the moments after... And, like, force this moment to be everything, which means mm-hmm. you haven't got the experiences around it, and you've only got this snapshot. Yeah. 
Yeah. It makes, you know, I'm just going to seem like a stretch, but work with me here. But like, it, it seems like a photo is almost like, you know, exegesis where it's mm. like, it is, it is I don't a even snap. have to work with you on this. I think you're on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's like taking John 316 and be like, yes, that is meaningful. But you know what is make, what makes it super meaningful? All of the words before it and all of the words after it. And yeah, that like the entire history of Israel. Yeah, like like <laughs> it's connected. So it's it's the you can pull it out and look at it singularly and it's valuable. Mm-hmm. But for those of us that that have that experience, like that it's very valuable. It's twice or three times the value because we have the context of the before and after experiences that kind of culminated or represented in that that piece. Well, and that's exactly why when you're lo- that's exactly why the idea of looking at someone else's photos is such an empty kind of like fake smile situation. Like, oh, uh-huh. yeah, that looks really nice. Yeah, but that photo means nothing to me because I don't have any of the stuff around it. It's right. like, oh, that is. That's a beautiful photo. Right. That's like as far as I can go. Where it becomes entertaining is if you're telling me the stories. And now I can kind of laugh at yes. the entirety of the situation. Oh, storytelling. As to just seeing, oh, here we are at this place. Here we are at this place. Here I am with this person. I mean, okay, cool. I'm glad that you were at those places. I'm glad you were with those people. But you being with them has no meaning to me. Right. You have given me this snapshot, quite literally, of your life and expect me to treat that like I'm really participating in your life. Yeah. Yeah, and that – I like I like that you said that the because storytelling is – is again taking something and you add beauty into storytelling. But what that does is it gives, it's like painting a picture for someone else. And yeah. you use it, you know, like, so the story adds that value. And that's kind of what we are trying to do in like our life lessons, I think, right? Like, so we're trying to say like, hey, there's all these things that are meaningful to us. And this is the type of thing that we like, we pull out of these, these things. So like, it's, you know, not everybody in the world that's going to listen to this is going to understand the, context in which all of our conversations are happening because we have all of this history before and we'll have the future together, you know, all of these things that, you know, not everybody's going to grasp. And, you know, it's not, it's kind of like being on the outside of an inside joke, you know? So, you know, we, we we're aware of that. And so you're like, okay, we got to, got to point some stuff out here. But uh, I think if I was going to wrap this into a life lesson, I, I think that it is, I like what you said about the 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 trying to be permanent or or I it, in my brain I immediately inverted it to the, like the fear of the temporary mm-hmm. because we ourselves are temporary and it's kind of really innate in us and so we're constantly trying to capture things and grasp things and hold them so that we can control them and the thing about beauty the things that are most beautiful are usually those things that are outside of our ability to grasp and to control and that we can just experience. And in order to experience it, you have to be fully there. And if you're snapping pictures of yourself, you're not fully there. You're you're fully with yourself. And so I'm not against the selfies. I'm not against getting the pictures. But I am very for and advocating for making sure that you get the experiences. You know, and me having kids, they pointed out to me constantly that – I'm missing experiences because they're like, you're looking at your phone too much. And you're like, oh, well, if I, my kid is pointing it out, then I'm definitely too much, you know. But but also the way they just grow up so freaking fast that it's like yeah. if I don't stop and spend the time and it's gone and it's gone forever. 
And, and so I, that's been my, been one of my big focuses this year. And I would encourage everybody to, to be, make sure that you're really getting the experience that you're there for, you know? Absolutely. I think that's great, man. And I think like for me, kind of my big, going back to this idea of beauty and what it is and what it does, like the reason why beauty is so important and why the the reason why, again, like you were doing the Vatican tour with a bunch of people who apparently, like not all of them are Catholic, safe bet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yep. Or even Christian. But they're going to these places to take in the beauty, to take in the history. And why? Because beauty, truth, and goodness, they will always pull us forward. Uh-huh. And ultimately, even, even those of us who are in the, the deepest into our delusions of our own perfection and greatness, we still know ultimately how limited and incomplete we currently are and we want something to grab us and pull us forward Uh. and so we've got two options when we encounter it though we can admire it or we can emulate it well actually i guess we've got a third option you can deny it but stay away from that one stay away from that one but like to admire beauty is still a good thing but ultimately that is maintaining a distance and a separation between Mm. us and that beauty when what we really need to do is to recognize that beauty and seek to emulate it let it change you imitation or anything like that but to like recognize that call onward and then move onward Mm. uh obviously i'm not going to use names talking about my students but there was there's a student from uh this past year teaching juniors who me and some of the other teachers we were talking and i'm like you know what i love is that this kid is so on fire for goodness and so like in pursuit of truth and everything. And his classmates love him for it. Hmm. They respect him so much. They've got his back. They they get excited anytime he's getting an award and all this kind of stuff. They they love him. Like they don't emulate him. They're not That's... following his example. They're not interested in that. Right. But they recognize it as a good and they respect it. And they acknowledge it. It's like, okay, cool. Now, hopefully, you know, if not this next year as seniors, hopefully before too much longer, they start to recognize that these things they admire are things they could do themselves if they were to like Mm -hmm. put themselves into it. And that's where we need to get, man, is when you're looking at things that are beautiful and you feel that stirring, like Mm. respond to it. Don't just say, oh, how wonderful that is. But like, okay, how do I participate in this? Mm Mm-hmm. That's so true. Cause like we had, we were in some really beautiful settings and all I could think about is I need to do this more, you know, uh, like mm-hmm. these are you, you, these things make me happy. I need to do more of this, this thing because it's, it's good. It's right for me. You know, like it's like my soul benefits from this. Week. Yes. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Oh, all right, everybody. Well, if you are endeavoring to build something that lasts multiple lifetimes, you're going to need some coffee to make that happen. We make wonderful coffee. Uh, we would love for you to support these meaningful conversations by jumping on the website, buying a couple bags of coffee. Rosa Fresh will send it to you so you can continue onward and upward building that which is beautiful. Got anything else on your brain, AJ? No, not much, man. Glad to I have know. you back. I'm, I'm glad to be back, actually. Anyway, so, all right. With that, everybody, we will say adieu.
Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to another Inkledoo podcast. We hope you really enjoyed it. We really enjoyed making it. If you did enjoy it, please do us a favor and make sure to share it on all your own social media so that other people can find us and enjoy us as well. 